preaching from Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Luke chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Be using a lot more of that scripture, but now if you didn't get your Bible reading, and this is a good chapter of the Bible because if you've been in our Bible reading with us, we've already passed by Luke chapter 7, really enjoying the book of Luke, really getting something out of it. God's really blessing in that area, deepening my study in the Lord. Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him, this is Jesus, one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he, Jesus, went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner." We'll take verse 39 for our key verse again. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And I want to preach on the title of the message, Give Them Something to Talk About. Give Them Something to Talk About. Pastor, would you please pray? Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Again, preaching on the title of the message, give them something to talk about. I heard someone say, maybe, maybe it was in a Bible school class or maybe it was in a sermon. Not sure who said it, so it'll be anonymous right now. But I heard someone say, people are going to be talking anyway about you. You might as well give them something to talk about. And so this woman that was a sinner, the Bible tells us, that she went into the Pharisee's house. She brought out this alabaster box of ointment. She didn't go there to make a show, to make a scene, but she went there because Jesus was in the house. And as she was there, she began to minister unto Jesus Christ. Talk about repentance when someone comes to God. Then Jesus was there, and as he was there, he was reading the mind of the Pharisee who was the host of the house. He was beginning to find fault with Christ and find fault with the woman. And so we'll talk about how he was a rejecting host. But the greatest thing, the greatest part of the story is that Jesus was the receiving Savior. He was the one who had received this woman, and he had justified her action and said, By faith in me, this woman is saved. We want to talk about these three things, the repentant sinner, the rejecting host, and the receiving Savior. Give them something to talk about. When we use the phrase talk about, we can use it in three different ways. 
We can use it to emphasize what someone thinks about something. What terrible service you got in that restaurant? Talk about me never going back there, as someone might say. Or if you think that a person or something needs to be commented on or it's remarkable, you say, look at these buildings. Talk about how horrendous they are. Or if you want to discuss something or someone, you say, I don't want to talk about that topic anymore. Or let's not talk about that right now. And so on studying this, began to think about another portion of Scripture. This, this uh, event in the Bible comes up three times, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And another part that Jesus was talking about it, as the woman began to minister unto him and they began to find fault with that woman, Jesus said, let her alone. For a memorial of what she is doing unto me is going to be preached about throughout the whole world. And we're still talking about that now. And so we're talking about the fact that somebody came to God. That somebody got saved. That somebody gave their life and said, I want to be different from now on. And so we want to talk about first about this woman. Normally, now we think about it now, we we don't, we don't have that. It was, back, it was different back then. Back then, the houses, if you want to think about them, you might wonder, well, wait a minute. Jesus was invited to this Pharisee's house. And then came this woman into the house. How did she get in there? <laughs> it wasn't like it, it, like it is now where, you know, we have the doors and, 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 and locks and keys and everything. The houses back then were more like restaurants. Anyone could just walk in. And so if you were having dinner and you invited someone over, someone, the, the, someone could just walk in, sit down, and listen to the conversation. And so in, in that, you might want to watch what you're saying, amen? <laughs> you want to be talking about Sally Mae, and Sally Mae might walk on in. Hey, Sally Mae, how you doing? <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> but she walked in because Jesus was there. Now in that Pharisee's house, if you don't know who the Pharisees are, the Pharisees were the ultra-religious people, and they were the ones who were supposed to be separated from all of the sinners, and, and they were supposed to stay away. The, the Pharisees were supposed to be the most holy. This woman, the Bible says she's a sinner. It does not even mention her sin. One commentator said it must have been so bad the Bible didn't even say what it was. And so she would never ever be invited to the Pharisee's house. But however, Jesus was there. This was a different situation. Everybody is welcome to the Father's house. Everybody can come and get what they need from God. If you need to come down to the altar and pray, God wants you to come down here. He's not casting anybody away. And so here's this Pharisee named Simon. Now the Pharisees normally didn't get along with Jesus. They stayed separated, but Jesus brought himself down to where the sinners were. So maybe Simon didn't have any ulterior motives. He invited Christ as the guest of the house. But this woman came in. One preacher said it this way. People who were not like Jesus, liked Jesus. And that was the same situation for me before I got saved. I was nothing 
like Jesus. I didn't go to church. I, I remember real faintly, uh, Charity was asking me, do you remember what it was like being four when you were a little kid? And I told her, no. I don't remember anything up until the time when I got six years old. I remember, I remember just a little bit. I remember dad taking me to church. And we would walk down the block, and, and, and uh, right after my brother was born, it seemed like we didn't go to church anymore. I just remember that. So my brother and I were six years apart, and that's all I really remember from my childhood is, is, is the earliest memory was that. But like I said, after a while, we didn't go to church anymore. And so I, 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 I grew up through life and had a few different experiences, and my grandmother went to church, but it didn't really seem real to me. She just went down to the church. She got dressed up every week. And I would go down there with her. It seemed like it was just a place where she would meet her friends. And they would sing some songs, and then she would come back. She was the same as she was before she went down there. And so I said, well, eh, maybe there's nothing to church. I don't know if I need to go. And so that was my experience there. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to do. However, God had orchestrated my life so that I could go down to the house of God. We don't know how this woman found out that Jesus was down there, but all that matters is that she showed up where Jesus was. All that matters is that you find out in the Word of God that Jesus Christ can do something about your situation. That's all you need to know. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for you. You need to get to him and tell him, Jesus, do something in my eternal soul. So she went down there. She was an outcast. She wouldn't have been regularly down there among the religious group. She wouldn't have been down there at the temple. She might not have ever showed her face down there. But Jesus is the place where anyone can come, where the leper can come, where the blind person can come, where the person who has lost the, lost somebody in their life. That's where anybody can come. As Pastor was preaching about that in grief this morning, that's exactly where we all need to come to. If you have had any loss, go to Christ. When my mother passed away, I hardly knew her. Well, I was with her up, up until I was two years old, and, and mom and dad separated, and after a while, and I didn't think about mom too much, and another, another mom came into the picture. But I did wonder about mom. I did wonder, what, what, what happened to her? Is she still out there? And so later on in my life, when I was in the military, right before I got out of the military, I was told by my grandmother that your mother is still alive. She's in Minnesota. You may want to go and see her. And so I got to see her. We got reunited after 21 years, and it was great. It was a blessing. And then I found out one year, I think it was exactly maybe one day less, or maybe that same day, maybe one day less or one day more, I don't remember for sure. But she passed away one day, one year after we got married. My, my wife had never met her. She never saw her. And so I have that experience of that grief, of losing someone that, that just came back into my life. And so when I, when I told the, the pastor's wife over there, I, was, I had already graduated from Bible college, and my wife was in Bible college. But I graduated from Bible college, and so I, I told the pastor's wife and said, my mother passed away, and we were just getting reunited. I had been talking to her on the phone, you know, weekly, and she passed away. And she said, I'll be your mom. I'll be there for you. 
you need somebody to talk to, I'll be the one you talk to. You need somebody to pray for you, I can be the one that'll pray for you. I can't really take the place of your birth mom, but hey, I can do what I can. And that's what it means when we come to the house of God. It means something. If you need help, you need somebody. There's a brother or a sister here who can help you. There's somebody who can pray for you. There's somebody, no, that can't exactly take the place of the memories. But we've got God and God's love. We can help each other out. So don't stay away from church. Amen. (laughs) But this woman, because of the love of Christ, because of what Christ had done, she brought this alabaster box. Found out in a study that the alabaster box was made of a kind of marble. And it had this oil in there, very expensive it would be something, maybe they, they, they said that they would carry this, this box around their neck. So imagine you carrying your, all your most expensive belongings in, in your back pocket. The keys to everything is right there. Your most expensive, valuable, I don't know, comic book or something like that. You keep that on you. She had this thing around her neck. And she brought it down to minister to Christ. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to minister to others. We're called to minister to other people, minister to those who come here and they have needs in their life that that the world is not meeting. We come down here and we have our faults and failures too, but we can help somebody else out. I don't want to forget what I used to be when I was a sinner and I was lost and on my way to hell. I don't want to forget how I was lost and there was nothing that could be done for me until Jesus came into my life. There's somebody out there on that street corner right now. There's somebody at the parking lot. There's somebody walking down the street they need to be invited here so they can get what they need from the Lord but she was ministering unto Christ very generous generous means being very lavish being being pouring it all out she was pouring it out to the master and she anointed his feet and wiped his feet with the hair of her own head kissed his feet we think about this and we look at this and say, wow, that's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. Jesus had not even died on the cross yet. That's a lot of love. You think about what can we do now that Jesus has died, now that Jesus has risen again, now that Jesus has poured out his Holy Ghost, how much more should we be lavish towards the Son of God? How much more should we come and we pray and lift up our hands and and give him glory and give him praise? How much more so should we get in the Word of God? How much more so should we invite and tell other people? How much more so does the Lord need our love now that he's done so much more for us? Talking about the repentant sinner. Set the feet of Jesus is exactly where we need to be. Exactly where we need to come. The sinful can come. The afflicted can come. Those who are seeking the truth for their lives. That's where we need to be at the feet of Jesus Christ. There's a song. It says, Jesus use me. Oh Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's the work that I can do. Even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I will work for you. One of our Bible school teachers, he would tell us, not every class, but he would tell us often, 
My prayer has always been, Lord, if I'm not willing, make me willing. Let's talk about the host. He began talking about the woman and Jesus. We already talked about the Pharisee and about his, his philosophy. But he had Christ there. And Jesus, the Bible says, was reading his thoughts. He's still doing that today. And whatever you're thinking about right now, Christ is reading your thoughts. The preacher can't do it. Praise God. Amen. But he might tell the preacher something. You never know. But Jesus was reading his thoughts. And the Pharisees, they were, they were fault finders. They were looking at everybody else and, and putting the burdens on other people and, and not doing what, what they could have done. I got convicted on the way up to prayer meeting. We were coming in the door, and I, and I was holding my daughter. And uh, as we were coming up the stairs, there's a light switch down there at the, at the, at the bottom of that stairwell. And so I, I walked by, and I thought, first thought was, I need to turn the light switch on. And I thought, well, I'm holding charity. Somebody else can turn that light switch on. If we all have that same attitude towards winning souls, towards doing something for the Lord, nothing will ever get done. If we all think about it that way, somebody else can do it. Somebody else can go out there. Somebody else can make the calls. Somebody else can pick up that trash. Somebody else can tell those people. Somebody else can tell my neighbors. If we all do that, nobody will ever get saved. Nobody will ever come. We'll never reach our goal. We can't have that attitude. God, let it be me. God, choose me. God, let it be me that does it. Oh, God. I've heard it said before, why me? Don't ask that. Ask, why not me? And so as they were there and they started having the conversation, Christ was being challenged by this Pharisee, by the thoughts of that Pharisee. If this man were a real prophet, he was more than that. He was the son of God. He wasn't just a prophet. He was a king. He was the king of all, the king of everything. He made everything. Christ knew it all. Christ was being challenged right then and there. If this man were a prophet, he would know that this woman that's touching him is a sinner. Not only did he know that that woman was a sinner, but he knew that that woman needed to come unto God through Jesus Christ, that the Pharisee needed to come unto God. Every time God is challenged, God wins every time. He was challenged by Satan. He was challenged by the religious rulers. But he won every single time. He was challenged on the cross. Jesus does not back down from any challenge. When the devil says he can't, you can't, God can't take care of you, watch God take care of you. When the devil says you can't do anything for him, watch God do something in your life. When the devil says they'll never be any better, that God can walk in and he can totally rearrange everything, you can live for God. When the devil tells you, you can't get filled with the Holy Ghost, you come on down here and you pray, you lift up your hands and you ask God to do it. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. We've got the proof in here. So Jesus was being challenged. But what happened? Christ began to speak. He began to talk about the debtors, that, that there's this creditor that had two debtors, and that's how we were spiritually before we came to God. We were all spiritually bankrupt before we came to him. But Jesus talked about these 
debtors. In verse 42, Luke chapter 7, verse 42, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. Debt was a serious thing in Jesus' day. You couldn't refuse it if you made a debt. And if creditors came, you couldn't say, oh, hey, I didn't sign that. <laughs> no, you did it. We got your name right here. That's you. Ezekiel Joe Schmo. That's you. <laughs> but if you didn't pay and you said, I can't pay, they would come after you. You were considered a fraud. And you had to pay every penny. So this is a serious thing here. And the Jews, they understood that. And so Jesus talking about this, and then he goes down to verse 43. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, Simon, which of them will love him the most? How much do you love God? Some of us have worse sins than others. Amen. There's some things that some of you have gotten into that only you know about and only God knows about. And it's no wonder that you come up here and pray and that you give yourself to God. It's no wonder that some of the things that you've been through and some of the things that God's brought you through, it's no wonder you come in here lifting up your hands and saying, God, thank you for forgiveness. God, thank you for all that you have done. God, you helped me avoid the prison. You helped me avoid death. God, you helped me turn my life around. I'm no longer an alcoholic. I'm not what I used to be. God, I'm not out there ripping and running the streets. You got me out of drugs. God, I thank you. Don't find fault with anybody's praise, amen, because you don't know what God brought some of these people through. So the grace of God was there, and it was freely given. God had moved in this lady's life. No wonder she came down to pray. No wonder she came down. If you can't pray, maybe you forgot how good God's been to you. If you stop praying, maybe you forgot what Jesus has done. You got to go back and remember. I remember when I was outside. I remember I was outside the family of God. I remember that there seemed like nobody could do anything for me. But yet God opened up my spiritual eyes, and here I am, oh God, pouring out my soul unto you. It was the mercy of God that she was able to come and her life had been changed. It was the mercy of God and the grace of God that God had done something for her. Andre Crouch, we sing some of his songs. I began to look into Andre Crouch sometimes when a, when a song may, may come up and God may deal with me about a song and Pastor and I, we were talking about this song called My Tribute. It has a, a, a second title, To God Be the Glory. To God Be the Glory. Did you know Andre Crouch wrote the music for The Lion King? <laughs> I didn't know that. I said, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Andre Crouch, used to, he was a pastor's son. He has a twin named Sandra. Sometimes you, you hear him referencing her in the songs that they sing. That's his twin. When Andre Crouch was 11, he got on the piano and he's just started to play. No formal training. And if you listen to any of his piano playing, you will be impressed with an 11-year-old that started to play. That song, My Tribute, he wrote that song when he was 18. He started working at 18 at Teen Challenge. While he was there, now David Wilkerson started Teen Challenge. While he was there, a man that got out of prison, I think it's San Joaquin Prison, he came over there, and he had to work at Teen Challenge. 
he was a radical and an atheist. And he started working with Andre when Andre was 18. Now, remember, Andre is already, you know, 11 years old. He started playing the piano. He's already writing music. And so this man didn't want anything to do with Andre Crouch. But yet, Andre began to witness to him. He began to talk to him. And this man gave his heart to God. He became a Christian. And so one day, Larry Reed was his name. One day, as Andre was, was, was working with him, Larry began to, to talk to him, and they began to fellowship and everything, and began to give him some music, and God began to deal with Larry's heart. And so one, one night, Larry called Andre in the middle of the night. And he said, I had a dream that you would write a song, and it would go around the whole world. And it would be, people would be singing it, and it would give God glory. And Andre said, well, okay, well, what, what, what is it about? He said, go and read John chapter 17. And Jesus was talking about how, Father, I have glorified thy name in the earth. Glorify thy son as thou hast glorified me. And Andre said he went to John chapter 17 and he read it. And he said he didn't get anything out of that. He went back to sleep and he woke up. And he started singing that song, the lyrics to that song, to God be the glory. He said the words just came from, from God, and he began, he went over to the piano, he, he sat down, and, and in 10 minutes he had wrote that song, got all the music spread out. And so he, he, he called Larry over and he said, this is the song that God gave me. He said, I told you God will give you that song. And many people have sung that song. God has been glorified. People have come and they've, they've given their hearts to God, saying, "Out, God be the glory. God, just let me live my life. Let it be pleasing, Lord, to thee. And should I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. God, because of what you've done in the lives of men and women, there are people that have come to be saved, people that have gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. Anytime God fills somebody with the Holy Ghost, to God be the glory. So let God be glorified in your life. We have the receptive Savior, the Savior of the world. He is here in the house today. His presence is here. He wants to do something among you. He wants to do something in your life. And so he wants you, like that woman, to come unto him. He wants you to come. I'm getting ready to close here. We can come to the instrument. God wants for you to come. My Jesus, let me tell you about my Jesus. Ann Wilson wrote a song called, Let Me Tell You About My Jesus. It's called My Jesus. She said he can really change your life. Ann Wilson lost her brother when he was 23 in a car accident. And then while she was grieving, she began to just pour out her heart unto God. God gave her that song, and as she began to sing that song, they said that somebody, when she was singing that song, somebody that was dealing with cancer, they were thinking about committing suicide, they began to listen to that song, and they gave their heart to God. They said, if she can go through that, I can go through anything with the help of Jesus. And that's exactly what it is right now. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He can change your life. He can fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come and get what you need from him as we pray and as we seek him. This is our time. This is your time. I talked all about Jesus. I talked about what he's done for you. I talked about maybe even something in your own life and in your own soul. You need to come to the master's feet. You need to come. 
And so you could go and talk about Jesus. You could talk about how he saved you. You could talk about how he gave himself for you. You could talk about how he changed your life. Come down to this altar tonight. Come down here and pray and get what you need from him. Come down here and pray to the God who's never lost a battle. Come down here. Let me tell you about my Jesus.